don't get caught behind the camera and be a camera operator for 20, 30 years. There's nothing wrong with that if you were an expert cinematographer. Nothing wrong with that. There are people who dream of being a cinematographer. It's a great dream. But if you want to be a creator, understand that that camera is a tool to tell a story. And if you're not telling your own, you're telling somebody else's. It's great to get paid for that. But if it don't feed your soul, go with what feeds your soul. Boss Uncaged is a bi-weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners as they become uncaged trailblazers, unconventional thinkers, untethered trendsetters, and unstoppable tycoons. We always hear about overnight success stories, never knowing that it took 20 years to become a reality. Our host, S.A. Grant, conducts narrative accounts through the voices and stories behind Uncaged Bosses. In each episode, guests from a wide range of backgrounds sharing diverse business insights. Learn how to release your primal success through words of wisdom from inspirational entrepreneurs and industry experts as they depict who they are, how they juggle their work life with family life, their successful habits, business expertise, tools, and tips of their trade. Release the uncaged boss beast in you. Welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to the show, Boss Uncaged Podcast. On today's show, we have Shane Hoyt, a.k.a. Shane Sharp, to take it back to Brooklyn, better known as Biscuit. He's probably going to kill me for that one, right? Shane is a video producer and a rapper based out of Hollywood. Today's show, we discuss juggling his journey from be, being a video producer to a rapper. Without any other spoilers, let's jump right into the show. In memory of the block, Biscuit, a.k.a. Shane Sharp. Shane, man, welcome to the show, brother. It's been a long time. Yo, my brother, what's good? You right. That's a fact. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Been quite some time. It's been a long time since we've been running around in, in Brooklyn, man, dodging cars, playing football on the streets. You can take the boy out of Brooklyn. You can't take Brooklyn out the boy or the man and the men that we become. You know what I mean? Kings sure, County. Sure. All day, every day. Yeah, so I'm hoping that this podcast won't get too Brooklyn. Most people probably won't even understand <laughs> the dialogue. <Ha-ha>! <laughs> Big facts, you know. I'm gonna try to cut down on the foul language, man. I don't know who you're trying to present this to. You know? It's a diverse audience, man. So it's just a bunch of business owners, entrepreneurs across the board. So you know, it's a wide, wide range of people. So I mean, give people uh, insight of who you are. Who are you, man? Uh, you know, my name is Shane Sharp. Shane X Sharp. If you're looking for me on a uh, platform, Sharp Saint Marvelous on Instagram. I'm a storyteller. The, my favorite medium of storytelling is hip hop, rapping. I'm a fire MC. I'm an artist. I work in the television and film industry, so I know how to tell a story with a video camera. Also, I work as a, uh, you know, as an employee in that from time to time. You know what I mean? Less frequently now because I'm reintegrating and uh, what do you call it? Uh, transitioning into where music is my main source of livelihood. That's one of the main reasons why I wanted you to have you on the podcast, because I'm really big into diversification and the fact that you have both behind the camera experience and in front of the mm-hmm. camera experience. Kind of just tell that story of like, how did you go into that? I mean, did you go to school for video? Did you, I mean, how did you even get into the video industry? I was one of the few people who went to, in the industry who went to school for it. Most people don't. But uh, yeah, I went to Clark Atlanta University, majored in television and film production. And um, what happens is while I was still in school, uh, somebody who graduated 
from CAU actually made me a production assistant on a commercial he was directing. Then the next week he made me a production assistant on a video he was a music video he was directing. And then, you know, it just kept rolling from there. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. So. so how did you transition from being behind the camera to in front of the camera? And that transition was a long time coming, and it's something that I should have did in that order, in the reverse order, because I was always, you know, I've been, a, I've been rhyming forever, and um, once I got the balls and the confidence to be like, all right, this is what I want to do. The real transition to say tangible results came maybe like let's say five years ago when I made the commitment to just throw everything into wanting to be an artist and like realistically pursuing it and then um long story short a big break after i recorded an album that nobody heard but was fire it led to me getting invited to a tour and that's when i learned so much about the music business i learned in two and a half years what i've been trying to learn for 20. Mm. who was you on tour with at that time i got invited on tour by my man my brother free murder who is cousins with three members of the Wu-Tang Clan. So um, he got invited by Ghostface Killer, who's like another brother to him, another big brother to him, to open up for him on tour. And Free told me, he's like, yo, Shane, I need you on tour. And that's when, oh, this is perfect, because that's when my video production skills came into play, because he needed me to be his content creator and aggregator. So I had my camera, I was taking stills and video of his performances, and that led to me being up. And then all of a sudden, his manager, Devon, another brother of mine, he told me one day on tour, one of the tour stops, it was in Oakland. He's like, yo, I need you to act like you the DJ. Hmm. <laughs> no, he said, I need you to be the DJ for this one. I said, I'm not a DJ. He said, I need you to act like it. <laughs> so I was up there triggering the instrumentals. And then that led to me, I already had a controller that I make my beats on and, 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 and conduct sets with. So I became Freeze DJ. I became his co-manager because the tour vehicle was my Tahoe. So you look a little high profile and, and we was an independent unit, just us three on tour following Ghost Tour Bus for those however many dates it was. And that's what got the ball rolling with that as far as the tour goes. I'm sorry if that was long-winded. No, no, no. So there are definitely some good insights. I mean... You're talking about being in front of the camera, behind the camera, on the side of the camera. I mean, how did you even learn to juggle switching? I mean, most people, they're in front of the camera, they stay in front of the camera. Most people behind the camera, they stay behind the camera. So, you know, right. you're doing a transition. It seems like you're flipping back and forth continuously. How do you juggle yeah. it? I juggle it by now. Short answer um, is you get what you want by giving other people what they want and need. You know, so if I got a skill that can be utilized, like, my man Free, Free is a born star. He know he been one and he walks in that. So he needed somebody to record and capture that. I just so happen to have a camera. Now, if I want to be an artist and I don't have the resources that he does, what do I do? I provide a service to somebody who could give me an inroad to that resource. Cause if you can't be used, you're useless. I have a use. Hmm. Did that answer that? Did that yeah, answer? Yeah, it, it definitely did. So I guess it goes back to um, this other question. Oh, so it takes twenty years. 
yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I think you're talking about over a period of time, and most people they get the success, and it seems like it's an overnight thing. But usually, it takes 20 years to get there. How long did it take you to, you know, through this juggling act to get to where you are currently right now? This has been 16 years, and um, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm damn sure way further than I was when I was bullshitting. I would say 16 years, and um, in that 16, I would say the past five have been on it, even before the tour. Because like when it was serious, the universe started, when I got serious about it, the universe started responding. When I started selling television equipment to get uh, studio equipment and building a studio in my apartment, when I gutted my walk-in closet to be a recording booth and my living room becoming the control center, that was like, I would say five, six years ago where it was real, 20, yeah, 2014, five years ago, because it was middle 2014 where I, where I built that. So if you could do anything differently to get you to where you are a lot faster, what would it be? I would stop being, I would eliminate romantic relationships together, altogether, not because relationships are bad with girls, but if you were a woman who doesn't understand the business and your vision, then you shouldn't be with her. You're doing a disservice to both of y'all and you mm. spending money on dates and spending energy on trying to convince somebody who can't adjust to your lifestyle. That's one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Another one is humbling myself even more and even faster and um, understanding that it's not just about like knowing that being an artist is not, it's not enough. Being just an artist Mm-hmm. It's not enough, no matter how talented you are. So, you know what I mean? Just just paying attention to the promo even more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Being more gung-ho and living, eat, breathing, nothing but this. Yeah, I think we're at a good time for our generation, you know, coming up in the 90s, where you can see the transition for what hip-hop was to what it is right now. You're talking about Jay-Z is a prime example. Dr. Dre is another prime example of the transition. I mean, they're still in the game, but they're on a whole nother yeah. platform. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. And um, like their profiles have increased exponentially. So um, yeah, I would say just being adamant and gung ho and every day, just being obsessed and being transparently obsessed on the superficial side. Like you know, mm-hmm. now if you go on my social media and stuff like that, you it's clear that I'm in this hip hop thing, and it's clear that I'm a rapper, it's clear that I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. Um before it wasn't so clear. You tell the truth to the universe, the universe starts seeing it. Yeah, I mean, it's brand recognition. And I think I had to go through the same thing as well, too. For the longest, I was a behind the scenes kind of dude, just staying in the shadows, helping people, building stuff. And, you know, whether it was websites, whether it was marketing strategies. And then now I'm just like, there's only one way for me to move forward. I got to step in front of the camera. So I definitely understand where you're coming from from that point of view, for sure. Yeah, another mistake. I'll revisit it, because I'm sure Oh, being even more hard-headed with myself when it comes to something that entrusting my vision and instincts as far as um the relationships I cultivate, like making sure that they're organic. Yeah, so yeah. like... It's the tribe, man. You got to have the right tribe around you at all times, man. Right, and even still, like, just because somebody somebody could be everything that they say they are, but that doesn't matter if they're not invested in that relationship between y'all. You know what I mean? You could have somebody who makes people into millionaires, but if y'all don't have an organic relationship, 
your interaction won't be the same as the people that he made a millionaire and all of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. You know? So, I mean, where do you get all this entrepreneurial insight from? Is like your your parents are entrepreneurs by chance? Nah, my background was no. The only entrepreneurial thing I had in my immediate view growing up, I have a large, spectacular family. We are wealthy with love, but as far as entrepreneurial spirit, aside from uh, you know, the drug dealers that I had in my family, there was uh, and you know, they got locked up. To me, that wasn't a successful business model. And my uncle was an entrepreneur. He took a lot of losses. He made a, he took a lot of risks. But I will say, at least it taught me that you keep fighting. You rather rock with somebody who fought and lost than somebody who never had the courage to fight at all. That was my lone dealing with him. And I was a little kid and he was a grown man. And I didn't know every story. It wasn't like I was going to work with him every day or seeing what he was doing. I just knew he was that. So the answer is none. Dealing with you, I would say, if I could have went back all these years, I told you before, like, you was 20 years old and you understood the concept of building your credit. And then you had it. You had great credit in your early 20s, not mid-20s. You had the credit of a 50-year-old CEO of a Fortune 500 company in your early 20s. So... I understood that you was doing it. I thought it was fly. You was a homeowner in your early 20s, independently, without without seed money from your parents and all that. Like, I didn't know how precious and rare that was. I knew it was fly, but I can't count you as my background because I had access to you, but I didn't know the right questions to ask. I wasn't even in the mind state to take those jewels. Yeah, I mean, I think even when I was doing it back then, it took forever for me to realize my responsibility to delegate that information. I was on a, just trying to learn and I was a, more of a sponge, super absorbed right. grab information and I was applying action as soon as I figured out what I needed to do. But, you know, it's kind of difficult to kind of spread that information. That's why I got the podcast now and that's why I'm building up to where I can just delegate the information that I've learned over the past 40 years and help other people get from stage one to stage two. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, I had zero entrepreneurial background. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, how, how do you juggle your, your work life and your family life, man? Well, I don't got no children. My family is loving. They understand that I'm a nomad by nature, for better and worse. I'm acclimated to traveling anywhere in the world at any time, at any point, at the drop mm-hmm. of a hat. What places have you been to so far? Cities in Canada, Mexico. I've been to Hawaii. I've been to the four major islands for extensive periods of time. I've been to Maui, 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 Kauai, the big island twice on both sides, the Kona and Hilo side, Oahu, and I was there for weeks at a time and never spent my own money. It was all from, I got paid to do those things and I got to be on the island for real. New Zealand, Australia, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, UK. Oh my God, how do I forget that? Scotland and England, changed my life jesus christ other than, those other places did too but yeah that's it i gotta get more of europe down this next journey i make you know what I'm saying? so do you think for any entrepreneur they should potentially travel the world you think that would be a benefit i think any person should travel the world and especially an entrepreneur traveling the world it would be beneficial there's no way it can't be and especially like because you want to increase your clientele at all times you never want to even if you don't want to increase the volume, you want to increase the range or mm-hmm. increase the range of options. So 
you learn that by traveling the world and seeing people face to face, understanding that just because a New Zealander speaks English and you speak English as an American, there's still little uh, nuances that you could get and discover that you would never know if you don't interact with these people person to person basis. That might spark an idea that you never had before or anywhere, or even knowing how driving on a different side of the road may impact the way people consume media, food, products, anything. Got it. Got it. So uh, another question I got for you, and just kind of, you know, I, I always ask this question because everybody has different morning routines. I mean, what's your morning habits? I mean, what do you do routinely every single morning to get your day started? I'm a zombie without coffee. Coffee? I need to go to Coffee Anonymous, bro. I am literally addicted to coffee. So I start with a cold brew coffee. It's either from my refrigerator or I'm either going out to get it. So coffee, breakfast, I work out, shower. Then depending on what job or project I'm working on, it goes from there. I can give you what I did today. Today I had my coffee. I spoke on the phone with my bro about this project I'm working on, which is my favorite project ever, about the strategies of promoting it and getting it to get the eyeballs I need to catapult myself into the next phase, enhance my portfolio and profile to industry tastemakers and decision makers. You know what I'm saying? Hey, guys, let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsor. Support for Boss Uncaged and the following message comes from Boutique. Boutique, inspirational apparel, and more. Break through and conquer your next meeting. Walk in and spotlight your success with inspirational business apparel, accessories, and more. Visit B-U-T-E-K-E.com today and order products that represent your success. Back to the show. Got it. So what does your day look like when it ends? I mean, routinely, do you go to bed at a certain time or are you more of a night owl? I am a everything, like, you know, because I travel all these time zones all through my life. No matter where I go, I'm acclimated to the time zone immediately. And if I'm on a tour, then we might not be going to bed till three in the morning. But if I'm not, then, you know, I might be. Yesterday, I went to sleep at one o'clock in the morning, woke up 630. But the night before, I went to sleep at 930 at night, woke up 630. You know, my schedule is erratic. This nomadic life comes mm-hmm. with a bunch of skittish chaos and all that. Dude, I mean, that's in media in general, right? I mean, you got to be kind of like a doctor schedule. You never know when you're going to get called in for a random set three o'clock in the morning or something. So That's a big fact. Yeah, so working in the television industry, you get really acclimated to the fact that you'd be like, yo, in a given week, let's say I worked on this show on MTV called Are You The One. One day I was a swing shift. So I worked one day I started. The Monday I started at 11.30. I had to go and work at 11.30. So I worked from 11.30 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. The next day, 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. The next day, yeah, the next day, 1 p.m. to 1 a.m. Day off. Next day, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's in one week. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So where do you see yourself in 20 years? In 20 years, I'll be advising, uh, I'll be partnering with people in my age group as well as advising people who are probably being born right now, so they'll be 20 years old, on exactly how to further their careers and giving them advice and tutelage and the tools to be successful artists, superstars, um, executives, whatever. 
especially in the music industry, but not limited to that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in, you know, in the film industry, everything that's related to uh, their artistry. And then I'll let it expand from there. So it's not definitive, but I know definitely music will be a part of it. So everything else that grows from that root that's planted will be whatever the tree yields, whatever fruit that tree bears. So you see yourself and your business running parallel for the, within the next 20 years? For sure. Okay. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. What tools do you use in your trade that you wouldn't be able to do what you do without it? The phone. The phone, because that's how you promote things. That's how you create. That's the quickest content aggregator and quickest content creator and uploader. My, uh, as far as recording, my microphone and interface. You know, gotcha. my, uh, my, my Apollo Twin interface, laptop, and microphone. Mm, what's your favorite mic? Uh, my favorite mic is the Neumann TLM-103. It's not the best mic. It's a great mic. It's not the best, but my favorite for sentimental value is the TLM-103. And the Neumann U87 is probably, and that's probably not the best mic, but it's my, that would be my favorite mic to work on quality-wise. Why is that? Again, it's a sentimental thing. Long as I know it has the quality in it, because it's all about storytelling. Again, yeah. I don't care what you have to tell a story. Like if your equipment is good enough to have output and for whoever to get the point, then it's good. You can shoot a feature film on an iPhone camera now. Oh yeah, it shoots four K now, right? So Yeah, like <laughs> you just gotta know the you gotta know the limitations and strengths of it. You know what I mean? You gotta know you can't get an aerial shot. <laughs> with an iPhone, but you know, you can hook it up to a drone, though, man. You could. That's what I'm saying. You could hook it up to a drone, or you could things like that. So, but that's what I'm saying. Like, long as you know the limitations of it, so the U87 to give you everything you need to be professional quality, and the TLM 103 is professional quality in a different way because it's still, you know, when Wu Tang Clan made enter the Wu Tang. It had a very gritty sound because of the equipment, but that is one of the greatest albums ever created in music history. Yeah, yeah. They got way better equipment now. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. They got way more zeros now, too, right? So changes the game just a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. what final words of wisdom do you have for anybody that's trying to follow in your footsteps? I mean, especially since you're juggling both behind the camera and front of the camera. You know, you're a musician on one side of things, and on the other side, you're producing. So... If you're working in the television industry, in the film industry, and you want to make a feature film, and you fancy yourself a director, don't get caught behind the camera and be a camera operator for 20, 30 years. There's nothing wrong with that if you were an expert cinematographer. Nothing wrong with that. There are people who dream of being a cinematographer. It's a great dream. But if you want to be a creator, understand that that camera is a tool to tell a story. And if you're not telling your own, you're telling somebody else's. It's great to get paid for that. But if it don't feed your soul, Go with what feeds your soul. And you can feed yourself and supplement yourself with that, but don't lose sight of originally what you wanted to do. If you're a storyteller, focus on getting your story told. Everything else in telling any story is data collection. Everything else is a method and means of collecting data. So how can they um, find you, man? On Facebook, Instagram, email, DNA samples? Instagram, Sharp Saint Marvelous. And it's spelled out correctly and properly. Um, you could also find me at uh, Shane X Sharp on everything else. And even Instagram, those are both my accounts. Shane, S-H-A-N-E-X-S-H-A-R-P. Shane X Sharp. You know what I mean? That's my artist name. That's who I am. When you hear that, when you hear motherfucker rapping, it's Shane Sharp. The X is silent. And, you know, it stands for motherfucking. 
time. I gave you no time to bleep that out if you need to bleep it out. <laughs> Yo, you remember the first time we met, man? The first day? Just in general, man. It's been like over 20 years, so. Oh, uh, yeah, but what? Oh. 24 years now, yeah. Like yeah. 96, 97? Before that, like this. Dog, we was in Mr. Sclafani class. No, I probably, I knew who you were. First of all, so your name is Chanel. Hmm. I thought Mr. Sclafani was pronouncing my name wrong <laughs> when he says Chanel, because you sat, you don't remember this, you sat in front of me. You sat directly in front of me. Hmm. So I don't know, I don't know when we officially met. Though, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't yeah. even know if it was that day. Cause I was like, Chanel. I'm like, nah, my name's Shane. But then you started talking. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's how I knew who you was. But I don't know exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I still can't put my finger on it. Like, usually my memory is pretty sharp. And I think it was mainly, I think we probably met on the block because Omar lived around the corner from me. Omar lived around the corner. For, no, it definitely wasn't the block. We knew each other by the time we got yeah. to Omar block. We might not have been locked in and close like that, but yeah. we knew each other for sure. You was the rare combo because you fucked with everybody pretty much unless you beat their ass. And then you were probably friends with them niggas after that too. But you went into mad circles. Like you had your main niggas, but we was your main dudes too, which is crazy because we didn't rock with some of your main guys. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, but... Those was your main dudes, and we was your main dude. I don't know how that rocked, but it did. And we never intersected with your guys. You know, yeah, like, we knew them. We knew them. We were heading out or whatever. But you know what I'm mm. saying? Like, you know, you would never see us together. You know what yeah. I mean? But we would see. But if you saw, if anybody saw you with us, nobody would question it. If they saw you with them, everybody would definitely. But if you saw me with, let's say, Jackie, he'd be mm. like, wait, what? You know, little dumb teenager shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, well, it was Brooklyn too. You know, that's how it is in New York, man. You from the Bronx? Right. I'm from Queens, and it's like, yeah, like two miles yeah, from yeah. each other. <laughs> right, right. So it's you crazy. know what I'm saying? But um, but anyway, so we knew each other. But when we got locked in, probably being on Sterling Street playing football up and down the street, mm-hmm. sometimes we would go till the sun went down. You know what I'm saying? And the only yeah. reason why, because the street lights didn't capture the ball. Yeah, you know it didn't. It didn't. Yeah, we couldn't see the ball. Yo, so what's what's your most significant achievement to date, man? Man, I gotta tell you, man, just walking in my purpose and going full fledged and taking a financial risk of not getting paid as much because I take less TV jobs, but I'm on tour. My biggest achievement professionally is um being on tour for the better part of the last two and a half years, and um going after my dreams and performing on big stages, performing in front of 10,000 people. That's my biggest professional achievement. Hmm. Letting my gift take me around the world. Because before I had my job, which is a great job, taking me to different countries and places and staying in great hotels and experiencing things. But then when I realized, like, when I got alienated professionally from somebody who could hire me and then my art still was taking me around the world and in Hmm. a better capacity, I had 10,000 people. I told 10,000 people to do what I said, and 10,000 people did it. Yeah, what did that feel like, man? No better feeling in the world, bro. Nothing better than that. Like, mm. it feel good having sex with women, but it's better than that. Mm. And I love pussy, <laughs> but it's better than that each time. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. 
I got my last bonus question for you, man. So if you could spend 24 hours in one day with anybody, dead or alive, uninterrupted, who would it be and why? Damn. I got to say Barack Obama. I want to say Jay-Z, but I'm going to say Barack Obama. And it's close because Jada narrowed the gap. But uh, I say Barack because Barack has traveled more places. And his ethos was about getting people around the world and understanding the, and like communicating. Because another thing is just traveling the world and understanding human commonalities on a face-to-face basis. That alone on top of being a commander-in-chief in the free world and um, being a, what it, just to pick his brain on that. If I had to choose to talk to that individual... That's who it would be. Yeah. Or Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, <laughs> but that's a different thing, you know what yeah, I mean? It's like the one side is, is like in front of the camera, says this. <laughs> so one side is like, oh, yeah, of course, I'm going to be studious and I'm going to say Barack Obama. The other one's going to be like, well, if the camera's not looking, I'm going to go with Zoe, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe, Zoe Kravitz. I put her brain in a knowledge blender, so not only would I be laying with her intimately, it would be worthwhile. Yeah, it's crazy. I just seen Zoe on um, she a new Hulu special. I know. Yeah. 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 It's crazy, and it's back home too. It was Brooklyn. I was just like, she looks exactly like her mom and her dad. It's like a fifty percent hybrid. It was crazy. Man, they put that's a nice little swirl in there, bro. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoe yeah. Got it, man. Well, I definitely appreciate you taking the time, man. I mean, you're like three hours behind, so it's like My the million. God, you <laughs> you already, but you know, ain't no, ain't no limit to the access. You know what I'm saying? Unless I'm, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Unless I can't get to the phone, you. That's it. Definitely, definitely. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to become an uncaged trailblazer. If this podcast helped you please email me about it. Submit additional questions you would love to hear me ask our guests and or drop me your thoughts at asksagrant.com. Post comments, share, hit subscribe, and remember to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful book, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.sagrant.com slash bossuncaged.